Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Linda. I'm Seth. I'm Charles. And today we're going to be talking about Apple's new uh, series on Foundation, um, which uh, I think is pretty fantastic so far. Uh, Definitely, uh, for me, worth the price of an Apple TV membership. Um, Seth, I think, is the only one of us that hasn't seen any of it yet, but uh, let's jump down to Chris. Chris, what are your thoughts? You're about as far into it as we are, I think. Yeah, I'm about episode six, and um, I, I think I'm about halfway through that episode. They're about hour-long episodes, and, and it's pretty good. Have you um, read the books? I have not read the books. So for okay. those that aren't familiar with the Foundation series, it is based off of uh, an Isaac Asimov uh book series um it's not one of the ones of his that i've, I've read like uh you know uh, i robot uh or a couple of his other ones like castle of metal or steel or something like that but uh he's, it's one of his uh many book series that he's written um but i i enjoyed it it was a little bit slow at times for me um i was pretty tired yesterday and that's when i started it and i just binged most of it uh and uh, ultimately there were parts where the, the talking was just kind of droning and I'd catch myself drifting off and I'd have to pause it go back <laughs> right. and uh, continue watching it but um, that's not to say that it wasn't good that was just tired but there are it does move move at pace at times and other times it's a little bit slow uh, but it's because they're building there's a lot of things going on um, and uh, ultimately uh, you know I'm not familiar with the story but uh these three men here are uh, basically clones. They're all the same guy, um, Brother Dusk, Brother Day, and Brother Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, I thought that was a pretty cool concept of how mm-hmm. this one emperor, uh, they call him Empire, I think, yeah. uh, how he's going to rule basically forever. How do you, how do you ensure that, that you keep things the same and how you want it? Well, you clone yourself, and when you die... Uh, your your younger self takes over and you just keep repeating that pattern. So at any given time, um, this planet, anyways, this much bigger world around this, um, is ruled by um, Brother Dusk, Day, and, and Dawn. Um, and as the older one uh, retires, the day becomes Dusk. Yep. Yes. And then Dawn, Dawn becomes uh, Day. Day. Yeah. So there's a whole rotation thing that happens. But um, that's probably one of the coolest things out of the series that I like. Um, but uh, for anyone not familiar with it, basically um, the way the series starts out is there's this mathematician uh, whose name is Harry Selden. Harry Selden. Yep. Who played by has, Jared Harris. Yeah, really great acting. Yep. Uh, from him, and uh, he has this equation that basically um, to him math solves everything and it also tells you behaviors at least in larger populations of what 
what's going to happen. It's all, it all comes down to a number and, uh, uh, or probabilities or whatever. So he has basically predicted, um, or he's stating that the math proves that this empire is gonna come to an end. You know, it's gonna be thousands of years of just basically turmoil. Um, and they cover the specifics in that in, in the series, but uh, naturally the empire does not um, uh, approve and appreciate what he's uh, saying. He's seen as kind of a, a heretic and, and his followers are gonna be the, you know, they're, they're basically committing treason uh, and all this stuff. And he's like, look, it's just math. It's, it's what the math says. Um, and he says, it's inevitable what's going to happen, but, um, you know, you can take steps to slow it down. So in, in foundation, basically, uh, these people end up getting exiled off, out into some remote planet uh, to start their own kind of colony um, is kind of, you know, banishment. And it kind of covers uh, the happenings down on where empire is ruling and uh, this colony that's growing out in the, in the vast wilderness of space and uh, kind of the happenings that are going on from there up to the point of where I've watched. So, but it's been pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, there are times where things got a little bit slow um, and just kind of some dull talk, talking, but then there are episodes where things pick up pretty quick and there's a lot of things going on. Very intelligently made, um, a lot of uh, philosophies in there. You can see certain aspects where people turn away from technology uh, because of their faith uh, and things like that. And, and you get the, the rubbing up against that where like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like you're gonna die if you keep doing this. And it's like, oh no, you're, you're telling me this math stuff and I don't care, you know? Uh, it's math and, and it's banned and you should be like, we even get down to what was it? Uh, they banned books, Bill, or they yeah. banned all science. Yeah, they they banned all education, basically, and destroyed the universities, um, destroyed books. And um, anybody that's found with books, um, they will be uh, so that this planet that they're on, um, where this is, where this particular thing is taking place. uh, Yeah, they um, and that's uh, Gail Dornick that we see there in this picture. Um, so she's, uh, she's got a, a great aptitude for math, uh, much like Harry Seldon and eventually becomes uh, sort of an acolyte of his. Um, but in this scene, she's on her home world there and, and you can see that they're in boats and basically the, the entire planet, uh, is kind of, uh, an advanced stage of where our planet is heading, where Water there's, warming. um, <laughs> yeah, global warming basically and the, mm-hmm. the entire planet's flooding. And you see that even in some of the university, uh, one of the universities that she visits um, at one point uh, that's all flooded out. And um, so she's trying to warn them that the math is predicting that this is just going to get worse and nobody wants to believe her. And mm-hmm. when they find people with books, they're typically uh, uh, tied to their books and uh, their hands are bound and they're pushed into the ocean to drown and sink to the bottom. Um, so they basically, they're, they, they have this God that they worship, uh, the sleeping God or whatever, and, and he's going to make sure that they're all okay. So, uh, fortunately for her, she's, uh, able to get a message off planet to Harry Seldon for this, uh, sending in a, uh, result of like a competition. A yeah. yeah. And, uh, so he sends a ship for her and gets her off the planet. And that's kind of her salvation in the whole thing. And, um, so Harry, uh, like uh, Chris said, Harry's got this mathematical discipline that he's developed 
that uh, predicts the movement of large groups of people. You can't, his math does not go so far as to say this specific person is going to have this happen at a certain point. Mm -hmm. But over time, this is where things are going. His, his labels, it was psychohistory. Psychohistory yeah, is you. what the, mm -hmm. the, the uh, discipline is called. And so he basically informs the emperor that um, the empire is going to fall. There's no stopping it. Um, you can delay it, he tells the emperor, if you resign as emperor, uh, which oh, of course that went over well. Yeah, that's a non-starter. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> they he said, well, so what good, you know, at this point you've predicted the end. What how is that going to help us? You predicted the the end of the empire. Why should we not just kill you? What's the advantage of keeping you around? Mm. You know, and he said, Well, he said, if you if you kill me and you don't do anything about this, there's going to be 10,000 years of a dark age because everything's going to crash and come down so hard that it's going to be basically galactic wars. Like yeah, galactic wars, and it'll, it'll be dark ages for 10,000 years. And he said, if you listen to me and you follow my advice, we can reduce that interregnum between, you know, a valid functioning empires to merely a thousand years and he said not only that but he said by doing this you can preserve your legacy mm -hmm. and his proposal is to the emperor that allow me and my people to go create this galactic uh, encyclopedia this galactic warehouse of information of the human race that so that when this 1000 years is over, we don't have to start from scratch, then learning how to build the wheel. We've got all of this information and it's in this, these repositories and humanity can access it and rebuild faster. And we can get out of this in a thousand years versus 10,000. So the emperor, um, reluctantly agrees to do this. And that's where Chris said he basically, the emperor <clears throat> doesn't want to kill Harry because then he, he um, believes that's it's going to just accelerate. Basically. Yeah, it'll be a yeah. martyr. It'll accelerate the downfall of the emperor. But he said, if I act like I'm supporting him, but I send him out to the farthest reaches of the galaxy where he's sort of, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of a thing, I, may, I don't have to worry about him and maybe the empire won't fall. And so that's his, that's his uh, status. Not knowing that all along, that's exactly what Harry wanted was to be sent out to the edges so that he's out away from all of these wars and stuff that's going to take everything out. So yeah, kind of, he's kind of mind, he, he, he when when you say Harry had planned that, that was his math. He used his mm -hmm. math to basically deduce, you know, here's the percentage of this happening in this event. And yes. again, he to him, he already knows the next 10 steps you know, yep. based off of his equation. So he knew when he brought Gal on board, what would happen that she wouldn't be, you know, executed or that he wouldn't be executed, that they'd be banished. He knew what planet <clears throat> they would be banished to uh, right. because of logical reasoning and, and the math that he's done. Uh, so he can easily kind of predict that. And, and we'll, we'll get into some cool math stuff later too that happens in the colony when you start building out. There's just that coin flipping scene that blew my mind. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to that. But yeah. Yeah. And uh, the uh, one of the quotes that comes up fairly frequently uh, with Harry um, and Gail uh, when they're talking about future events, you know, and, and uh, a point at which, 
you know, the emperor hasn't decided yet if he's going to kill both of them or whatever. And Harry's constantly, you know, saying, well, there is a non-zero chance that we could both be killed. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. And uh, which, which is um, to say that it's possible, but according to my math, we should be, we should yeah. be okay, but there is a non-zero like chance. The number is right. there. It's non-zero, right. but it's there. Yes, exactly. So, and um, so I have read the books. I actually started reading the books uh, this summer. Oh, great. Okay. And uh, so I'm almost all the way through the last one. There's uh, seven books in the series. And uh, so I'm just about halfway through the last one right now. Uh, and um, it's uh, the, the series is a lot different than the books. And okay. really it, it kind of has to be mm-hmm. uh, because the books take place over a thousand years. And so you're constantly going from characters that live their lives and die to new characters. And um, that would have been very difficult for audiences to follow along because you like to find your heroes, your characters, and follow them through this, this series. And, um, and the same was true with the, uh, the emperor. There was, you know, every hundred years or 80 years or whatever, there was a new mm-hmm. emperor. And so for the, uh, the series, in order to give us an identifiable face of the empire, you know, they created this idea of the cloning, the brother dawn, day and dusk kind of a thing. So that we can stick and, and have a recognizable face of the empire. And then um, the thing they did with uh, Gail Dornick, uh, where she ended up, you know, in sort of a, a suspended animation mode for a while, right? Uh, to get her into the future. Yeah. And <clears throat> we'll probably find out that something similar maybe has happened to Harry. We don't know yet. Uh we're getting mm-hmm. to that. But so anyway, so those those pieces are a little bit different. Um, and I can understand why they did that. And for me, it didn't really ruin the movie. But I will say um, in the books, um, Harry Seldon and uh, the guy that plays his adopted son, Rach, yeah. um, they were uh, inseparable buddies. And when you know, we saw the show go to the point where um, Rach kind of turns on him. And I don't yep. want to, you know, do too many spoilers there. Um, well, first they had like an argument in the, in the lunchroom yeah, on board this ship. Or something going yeah. On. Yeah. And then, and then you see that escalate later on uh, substantially. I was really bummed because I'm like, well, that's not at all how this is supposed to work. But then mm-hmm. as you get more episodes into it, you're yeah. like, oh, I see what they're doing here. So, yeah. So now it's beginning to make more sense. And I, uh, I having read the books and seeing the series, I really like the series. Uh, I like the yeah. books. Mm-hmm. The series is really great. Uh, the books are kind of dry because it's all about, you know, uh, it's a lot more about the evolution of this empire as it goes along and this mathematics and how he's trying to to shape the future, which could have been, could have made for quite a dry series, but they've really kind of spiced it up and put a lot of action into it 
compared to what the book had. And um, so I'm, I'm sold on it. I'm, I can't wait for that. I mean, we watch it. Lynn and I watch it usually on Sundays with a couple other friends and we watch it and we're like, Oh man, I can't believe we got to wait another week to find out where this is going. <laughs> so yeah, we really like it. And um, yeah. And, and to your point, I mean, like I said, I was tired yesterday when I was watching it, but I still watched through almost six full episodes. Yeah. They're about an hour long. If, right. if I could, like, like, well, my week watching this and then Dune yeah. together was a mistake. But <laughs> um, because the first, the first episode here, and I almost gave up, the first episode, there's a lot of awe they're filming. Yeah. And which I hate, and it's one of those things that you don't that that I don't like watching on film. Awe's one of them, and thinking's another, which I think happens a lot in Dune. Yes. Um, but at the end of the first episode, where you you've spent this time watching all this stuff uh, in awe, which was frustrating for me, and then you watch it get destroyed. That was interesting. That was yeah. I don't know if it was fun, but that was but it fulfilling. It was something something yeah, like, yeah, I can get behind this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that might have been my question for Charles that I was thinking about earlier before we started the show was, you know, um would you have ridden on that elevator going up to that yeah. that space yeah. elevator? Yeah. That was it. <laughs> would you do that? I wouldn't not willingly. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't just. Uh, it wasn't just. It was like a four day journey or something. It was. Yeah, it was a really long journey. So you get on this space elevator, um, either you know up in space on the space station, and you descend down to the planet, or on the other planet side, you go up, and yeah, it takes like you know three or four days, right? I think it was only like 14 hours. I think. Oh, maybe that's it. Because because yeah. I remember, there, so there's a scene there where uh, Gal, uh, on her first ride down, yeah. uh, she's talking to the little girl and she's like, I'm going to stay awake for the whole thing. Right, and, right, right. Uh, so you get the sense, it's it's almost a day, but I think I think I said it was approximately like 14 hours. Or yeah, I may be right. Yeah, Linda just put up a good bottom. picture of the uh, yeah. space elevator there. I love it. Oh, man. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would have been that would have been a hell of a construction project, and I mean it's it's so tall that uh, it wraps you could wrap cleanly around, around the planet, yep. right? Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, what do you think uh, of the show overall, Charles? So you've seen what the first? No, I've, I've gotten was? into it. I've gotten into it. There, there's, um, yeah, I mean. There, there, I have so it's probably the same. Like I said, to me, it's almost the same criticisms I have with the Dune stuff. But it, there's a lot of pompousness, and maybe that I don't, you know, I don't know. That just comes with an empire. It, I guess it does. If you're hanging out around kings and stuff, then right, that's what you're gonna get. <laughs> right. Um, but it, it is. It, it, but like I said, I almost gave up the first episode, and then. Um, then they got you. Then you. Then you're wondering mm. about the math. Mm-hmm. And you're wondering about right. The, yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. It. Uh, and society building on the back end. I guess how's yeah. that going to work out? Um, all of that. All of that becomes pretty fun. So uh, you know, I'm. I'm going to probably follow it through. At this yeah. Point. And one of the 
one of the things that I thought was really cool the way they did it was so they've um, unlike uh, Dune where you have these just these massive ships that are transiting the galaxy um, you've got uh, these uh, smaller uh, ships in uh, the Foundation series uh, and they do kind of a um, a hyperspace jump, I guess. They go into hyperspace and uh, make a quick jump between worlds. And I thought it was really interesting, the ship design. You know, when I first saw the ships, because um, they're almost like a like a, a vertical ship, right? It's, it's uh, kind of like a very slender, very tall ship. And then in the middle, yeah. there's kind of a circle and in that circle, they kind of create a singularity type thing that opens this um, subspace gateway or whatever, where they where they make the jump. And I thought it was very cool the way they did it in that the ships almost remind me like a knife. They almost look like a knife. And when they're going through hmm. through space, you see this these tendrils of multicolored you know, th- um, s- almost like smoke coming off the leading edge of the ship uh, backward. And it's almost as if that that knife is is actually tearing through space right. to get where it's at. And I think it it sort of reflects the the empire in and of itself being sort of a kind of a ruthless place um, and the empire, you know, ruling by a rule of force. Um, I thought it was really a kind of a cool way to, to show how this empire gets around from one part of the, the um, galaxy to the other. So um, just something I thought I'd throw out there for what it's worth. Yeah. The, um, uh, the on the empire piece uh well let's talk about the time changes here real quick yeah. i will say one thing i appreciated was um as you mentioned earlier bill um this the book series takes place over like a thousand plus years right yeah um in in the first few episodes they managed to span maybe a hundred couple hundred years and you do a good job moving forward and back kind yeah. of uh jumping around this timeline and it's done really really well um in terms of who is who's around later on for different reasons of cryostasis or whatever and who's long gone right you know Mm -hmm. um and and the empire again to to remind everyone is it's the same guy cloned so you see him over this time however after like you know 30 40 years or something you have to remember that the one that was a kid then is now the middle-aged leader now and the one that was a middle-aged leader then is now the old guy uh, and you see what, what I like about it is you kind of see this, this change in them and their personality yeah. over time uh, and, and, and approvals or disapprovals in what their younger selves are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and starting to, as you get deeper into the series, you start getting this, this questioning or thoughts that, that one of them may be defective. Um, and that starts to play into the series a little bit more. Um, so yeah, there's a... Um, a brother day on the left and brother dawn on the right brother dusk um, or brother dusk thank you uh yeah that gets a little bit like when you start thinking about it it's kind of hard to like keep it <laughs> yeah keep it together. well but, and uh, yeah and we might want to uh, just jump in there also and point out that um at at a certain point a transition mm-hmm. a formal transition takes place where <laughs> 
Brother Dawn becomes Brother Day. Brother mm-hmm. Day becomes Brother Dusk. And then and a bro- new clone is Dusk born. Well, yeah. yeah. A new clone <laughs> is born that becomes Brother Dawn. A Brother Dusk becomes Brother Night. And at that point, he walks himself into a disintegration beam. Which is yeah. very... And just you know, becomes dust. Yes. Yeah. And just becomes a pile of dust on the floor. you think Ooh. they could have just retired him. You would think. I don't <laughs> think if I was that emperor, I, I think I would change that rule. Having watched myself walk into a disintegration beam in my old age, well, well, I think I would make a change. That's say, coming. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's change this. He had to have come up on that on his own, too, though. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Right. The original. So the original, like, although you'll notice that the original emperor. So there's a, a room where all of the versions of the emperors that have oh, ruled for, however, there's uh, little uh, monuments to them. But they're the one monument of the original emperor is there with him in it. Um, preserved right so he did not you'll notice walk into the disintegration beam or he would have been dust instead of a body so you're an emperor come up with a better way to die that's That's what i'm saying yeah when you're emperor come on right um the oh the other thing that's different from the books is um the um woman that plays demerzel yeah, Demerzel. Yes. So, of course, in the books, Demerzel is a male, but um, also Demerzel is um, an advisor sort of to the emperor in the beginning. But his uh, his function uh, in the books is solely to try to influence the emperor in order to do things that are beneficial to the preservation and enhancement of humanity. And he realizes in the books that, and he's very long lived. So he's probably maybe 2000 or 3000 years old. The premise of that is Demerzel has seen the empire rise through all the different iterations of the clones. Yeah. And so through that time, he has worked to keep humanity around and keep it going. Uh, This is in the books again. And um, he's realized that um, he can only do it by making very small, subtle changes. If he tries to make a big change, it usually ends up in a huge disaster and makes things worse. And so he is actually the one that pushes Harry Seldon to develop his theory of psychohistory so that, yeah, so that he can predict the future and help to direct humanity and preserve humanity because Demerzel in the books again, sees the empire crumbling and he brings that to harry's attention and he says look at you can see this around you look at all of these things that are happening and the interesting thing that really hit me as i'm reading that part of the book is that and he's describing all of these things to harry selden that you see and as you look around our world today i can (laughs) see that now the failure of infrastructure um Mm -hmm. 
you know, the, the attitude of people where like, well, you know, that's not my job. Let somebody else worry about that kind of thing. And it's all these little things that he's painting in there. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is where we are. You know, I I can see Mm -hmm. right now we're on the verge of this fall of uh, maybe our own quote empire here, but, um, yeah, so so that was different, and uh, it took me a little getting used to of Demerzel's revised role. I was okay with her being uh, with Demerzel becoming a woman. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that she was kind of there supporting the empire versus getting Harry started and kind of you know protecting so, humanity was different. Quick question: We want we don't have to dive too deep into the books, but was yeah. the empire aware? that Demerzel went to Harry about the, oh, so did it behind their back. Right. And in fact, um, Demerzel, so there was like a mathematics conference on Trantor of the the home world of the empire. Uh And uh, Demerzel happened to go sit in on the conference. And that's where Harry talked about, well, you know, if presumably you could develop the math, it might be possible to predict future events on a large scale and Demerzel, you know the light bulb went off and he said look this i know this is going to collapse we've got to figure out what is the right way to mitigate the disaster of the collapse and preserve things going forward and so he goes to the empire uh the emperor tells the emperor that this guy has this mathematics and uh, he can predict the future and we need to bring him in and, and we need to support him because if he predicts a future that, you know, says the emperor is going to, the empire is going to last, then you're going to be good to go. But if he predicts it's going to fall, then you're going to be in trouble. And so the emperor now takes an interest in Harry Seldon and in the books and brings him in and starts uh, doing it that way. So uh, it was kind of a different approach to, to how it worked, but uh, all right. Though, yeah. Bill, as you, since you're reading them, is there something in there about the, uh, you know, the fall society here at the end? Yeah. That uh, you think exists now, but didn't exist in the fifties. Um, That's good. That's a good question. Cause yeah. given the timing of when it was done, 1950s, 1950s. Yeah. Or is it stuff that really does always exist? I mean, I, I don't know. Right. Cause I, I, I think when we watch old sci-fi films and it seems like fifties attitudes were, a little, little, little better. <laughs> yeah, I think. You know, that, but I don't know. I don't know if that's. Sometimes that's um, not real. You know what yeah. <laughs> I mean? They're I think rose-colored glasses. Yeah, well, or whatever. It, yeah, I kind of thought about that as I was reading it, and in my mind, um, the fifties and the sixties, the U.S. was really going gangbusters we had mm-hmm. a good economy we had um a lot of manufacturing here in the u.s we were building rockets and going to the moon we were creating the national interstate system um we were on a building boon and we were really going um this country was just uh, you know expanding and growing like crazy And now today, you know, we've got all this infrastructure, but all you hear about is the fact that we've got bridges that are collapsing under vehicles and, you know, we need billions of dollars of infrastructure money in order to repair stuff and keep things going. Uh, And there seems to be a lot of hesitant 
to hesitance to spend that money and to do that required yeah. infrastructure maintenance work. Everybody's always about, you know, the newest and the greatest, but nobody wants to spend any money maintaining things. And uh, so that's kind of, that was in the book. And that was kind of where I thought, you know, that's kind of where we are today. Um, and, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So yeah, that, and, you know, I think granted there were uh, problems and stuff in the 50s and 60s, but I think most of that was around the fact that we were developing these powerful nuclear arsenals and that these hard lines were drawn between, you know, capitalism and communism and that the, you know, we had the, the Soviet Union um, to deal with. And it wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, we've moved all of our manufacturing away. So now the U.S. is more of a service economy. We don't build anything here. We have to buy everything from some other country and bring it in. Um, and we're letting our, our existing infrastructure kind of go to shit because we're so busy building the next thing that we're not maintaining things. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think it's it's definitely different. And I think writing Dune back at that time and and a lot of the things that he talks about in the book that I'm seeing today in our world today, uh, sort of prescient, I think. Bill means foundation, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right. So Okay, so now that we're all depressed. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not depressed. I, I think, I, I, I honestly think that that's a great question because you have to take into account what, what the world was like when these were written. Sure. And, and they go into a lot of stuff that, that you have to wonder... You know, when you get 40, 50, 60, 100 years down the line, mm -hmm. you know, how much well, of that either A, came true or how much of that was that happened well, it, then? It's all never perspective. Changed? It's all perspective, mm -hmm. too, because the, the the huge societal collapse may be a small price to pay for good sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. I like yeah. it. I like Agreed. it. Agreed. I'm there I for agree it. with that. Yeah. All right. So back to back to foundation um i mentioned earlier on, on the math on the math side of it right yeah um how what can be predicted there's um uh let me grab her name real quick uh the warden of the the um the encampment there uh, the warden's the uh, uh salvor harden yes um so harden uh so this is the encampment here. on the planet Terminus, which is aptly yep, named, which is where the, the furthest planet out from... followers got banished to. Yep. Right, right. So their colony is set up there. So Salvor Harden's kind of running things, and this is like what thirty-five years, I think, after Harry mm -hmm. bit the big one. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the 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 settlers finally get there, and they start building out their colony, and. Um, uh, she's seen as, uh, the warden seen as special. She's got some unique ability that walks up to um, this, uh, I'll call it anomaly for lack of a better word, or maybe uh, an artifact that's on the planet. And uh, that, that's her picture there. And so she's, you know, standing guard, if you will, uh, over the area, but she can walk up to this artifact, which no one else can seem to do. Everyone else either like blacks out and, and dies right there in the spot or whatever, trying to get as close as they can to this artifact. But there's, there's a scene where they're interrogating someone and she's literally pulling out information just off like the facial expressions and looking at this person and you kind of get this weird sense that 
that she is definitely more than just a, a warden and maybe she's there for a purpose and or something but there's a cool scene where she's flipping this coin and she's calling the uh heads, know, or, tails. heads or tails yeah before it before it even lands every time down to complete accuracy and she says it's not uh what was they saying it's not luck it's just math right um and uh uh it, it's just a, it's a crazy scary scene because uh, it's really drilling into it and she starts flipping the coin faster then she even just lets it fall to the floor and it's spinning there and she calls heads or tails and it, and it falls on the one side and she was like you know what do you think luck or just math um and so there's math does it's not gone at this point even though um you know it may not be being taught on this colony as, as it as maybe they thought it would be or whatever you know how big a science going to play a part but uh, she's definitely special, and it, and it seems like a natural gift as opposed to being educated specifically in it. Something about the way her brain works. Right. Yeah, so that was really that was pretty cool, there. and and it it should be noted that um, periodically they reference the fact that um, Harry's math, as we've mentioned before, predicts the movement of large populations of people. It is not built to account for mutants oh. which she's considered to be kind of a mutant um, mm -hmm. because of the fact that she can walk up to this artifact and not be yeah she said she's some mm. kind of anomaly to them right a mutant, something right. different about her and so there's some concern all along that um uh, a mutant can come along that throws a total a monkey wrench into Hera, harry's predictions of the future and his plans for humanity's recovery and so at the point we're at in the 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 series right now is we're wondering is salvor harden a monkey wrench that's going to throw his plan out of whack or is it a monkey wrench that actually helps keep his plan on track kind of a or thing. was the monkey wrench always a part of the plan right we don't know right. well bill you probably know having read the books or whatever but yeah. Um, so, yeah. Bill, from your reading of the books, uh, yeah. how much is this season covering? Is this going to be like a multi-season show, or are they going? Yeah, it's going to be the books in. Yeah, no, it's going to be a multi-season show. Um, and I think Apple's already greenlit uh, season two of yeah. it. Um, so, um, yeah. I think this season will probably cover most of book one, I think. So there's okay. there's three books in the original Foundation trilogy. And so this series is kind of mostly on book one, although it does pull some stuff from the two prequel books that came out. Okay. Um, but it doesn't really get into those very much. Um, um, I, th I don't think I'm trying to remember, uh, Rach figured heavily in the prequel books, uh, not so much in the first book. And so I think we see that kind of in the, this first season here where Rach was kind of in for a little bit and now he's out. Um, so I think this first season will be book one, I think season two, book two, season three book three and um so yeah it'll be interesting there's actually uh so the the third book i think is uh second foundation so 
this uh, colony that he's created on Terminus that we've mentioned, uh, that's considered uh, a foundation, Harry's foundation. Um, and there's also a second foundation that he's created that is um, a secret foundation that has a totally different uh, function um, that is also designed to um, sort of bridge this interregnum between empires, right? And uh, he realized from the math that he needed both of these, um, mm. but he didn't tell anybody about the second one. So mm. the second one is um, the second one is uh, more of um, uh, a group. So the first one is these mathematicians that are mathematicians and encyclopedists that are creating this galactic encyclopedia thing and the mathematicians are there to make sure that everything stays on target the other planet is a planet of people with mental powers and oh we'll, we'll see that come out um probably starting maybe the end of this season but definitely probably next season and certainly in the final season so sweet Here's yeah look forward to them oh yeah yeah there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff that happens so um yeah, we're just getting just getting your feet wet in the foundation. That's it's a it's a huge universe. Um, I hardly recommend reading the books. And you know, there's some question that well, you know, he wrote the 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 original trilogy first, and then he wrote two sequels, and then he went back and wrote two prequels. And should you read them in the order they were written? Um, I read them in the order in which they were supposed to be. Uh, so the two prequels then the trilogy mm. and then the, the sequels. And I was really glad I did that. That uh, really helped lay a good foundation for the first book when I got into it. So things made a lot more sense. And I already had this huge picture in my mind of what the world looked like, especially the emperor's homeworld of Trantor, because uh, that was really, um, really laid out well in the, the first two books. So hmm. uh, I would hardly recommend if you're going to read it, read all seven books, start at the very beginning and work your way through. Um, you won't be disappointed. It's really a really a intriguing series. So yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, I, that's something I've been meaning to do. And I really want to get around to it reading some of this classic sci-fi rereading dune yeah 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 it was a good summer we had the the veranda to sit out on you know a nice warm day sit back there and read the book and start working my way through it because i knew the foundation trilogy or series coming was coming out. from apple so i definitely wanted to read the books first um and um yeah i was glad i did so i Have highly recommend dune? uh yeah i read dune it was many years ago um so um i haven't gone back and reread it uh but i really like the movie i've seen the other dune movies um but i haven't seen that series that you're talking about so i would like to see that um but yeah i thought the 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 latest movie by far so far is my favorite of the movies um and i'm really looking forward to part two uh, of the dune movie series so we'll see awesome yeah Good deal. So, so yeah, go out and check out uh, Foundation because it is uh, it's really good. It is watch and read. Watch and read. Watch and read. All right, all right. Well, thanks for joining uh, another episode. Uh, you can check us out on uh, galacticdriftwood.space where you can find 
this episode that you're already listening to, as well as all of our previous shows. And uh, you can check out um, our partner podcast. We're a part of the Synergy Nation Network, Synergy, SynNation.net. That's S-Y-N, Nation.net. And you can find us and some other podcasts that you may also find interesting out there. Um, until next time, uh, have a great, uh, great week and, uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now please deactivate your cranial downlinks collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.